I am Pandarius, a scholar of Thera. My name is Thorin. I hit people. A tablet I translated could hold the key to stopping a demonic apocalypse at sundown. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Many will try to stop me from unlocking its secrets. <laughs> oh, they'll try. This would be my first adventure with Soren. Let's go! As the Avatar of Green Eyes! Welcome to A Scholar's Journey. Thera is host to numerous effective fighting styles, including those consisting of hand-to-hand -hand combat without the use of weapons. Trained warriors have so finely tuned their bodies that they can perform feats of strength speed and endurance that appear almost superhuman. It is said that some are able to break steel with their bare hands and survive falls of unimaginable distances without even scuffing their sleeves. I believe you. Soren let his eyes linger on the scholar for a moment before he grabbed Pendarius by the shirt sleeve. They will be coming. We have to go now. Pendarius tried to go to the bodies of Gale and Ed, but Soren hauled him out of the room. The blood-stained floor around them filled Pendarius's vision, and horror gripped him. Why are they dead? And I am alive. Soren continued to pull Pandarius along. If you tarry, I will carry you. That seemed to snap Pandarius out of his fog. The scholar shook his head, and his eyes caught Soren's. Why are you here? What does this have to do with you? He scrutinized Soren. Clarity began to return, and his analytical mind began to work again. Wait, you know these assassins? Yes, I do. Soren pulled the scholar along Fenrin Lane, but he refrained from further elaboration. When they reached the main road, Soren turned to take Pendarius back to the No Names Inn where they had both been staying. The street had gotten busier since they had traveled it to Ed's. The suns were still rising in the sky, and it appeared as if they were near mid-morning. There was a definite ebb and flow to the traffic now. Pedestrians lined the streets and jostled the two as they walked along. The two of them traveled for a time in silence, as Pandarius tried to sort out his thoughts. Then, they came to an intersection, and Soren stopped. What is it? What is it? Pandarius asked as he noticed Soren scanning the crowd intently. Soren let go of the scholar's shirt and cracked his knuckles. Company. The crowd seemed to thin noticeably, and coming through the mass of pedestrians, a stark-looking troop of black clothed assassins appeared before them, leading a Kirin by a leash. Stay back. Soren locked eyes with them, 
and then gently pushed the scholar away to make room. Maybe it was the Kirin, but the pedestrian seemed to realize something was afoot. A hushed whisper fell across the crowd, and slowly a clearing appeared around Soren and the five assassins. What are you going to do? Stop them. Then started stretching his back, twisting his neck and touching his toes to limber himself. Pandarius clutched his head in pain and nearly collapsed backwards. His head felt like it was splitting in two, as if it were accommodating something new. White flashes filled his vision. The scholar pushed the pain to the back of his mind and watched as Soren stepped into the open area, inside the circle of observers. Pandarius looked the assassins over. They look tough. The tough still bleed. Then Soren motioned to the assassins and egged them on. Well, don't keep me waiting. The Kirin pawed its sharp reptilian claws against the ground and eyed him with hunger. Then the five assassins reached into their cloaks. Draw your weapon! The assassins pulled out their weapons of choice. Three of them wielded the familiar curved silver swords. Their leader drew a crossbow and aimed it carefully at Soren. And the final assassin pulled a spear from behind him and thrust it toward the Crimson Warrior. As the assassins drew on Soren, the crowd burst into commotion, milling about and exchanging startled whispers. Soren shrugged coolly, and his eyes locked with the assassin leader. The assassins started walking toward the two companions in unison, and the leader pointed toward Pendarius. Get the boy! He is the priority. The lead assassin launched an arrow at Pandarius to start the conflict, and Soren leapt in front of the scholar, intercepting the projectile with his bracer. The attack ricocheted off the curve of the armor with a pinging sound of metal on metal. Soren sprang forward like an unbound coil. His reaction surprised the assassins and they reacted quickly to try and counter his movement. But Soren was faster. His legs flew across the smooth white stone road with speed that belayed his previously relaxed demeanor. Two of the sword-wielding assassins then took the lead and met Soren at the center of the large clearing. They tried to ready themselves for the assault, but Soren was as surprising in combat as he was quick. Instead of attacking head-on, Soren leaped into the air and propelled himself forward with his knees tucked in, landing with his shins flat against the chest of one of the sword wielders and pushing his opponent forcefully to the ground. He buried the assassin under the sheer weight and force of his attack, causing him to skid backwards. The two of them kicked up dust the entire way and caused a gasp of surprise from the onlookers. Before they came to a stop, Soren was already pounding the assassin in the face repeatedly, with brutal roundhouse strikes that caused the man to rebound between the ground and Soren's fists. By the time they did stop skidding, the assassin was unconscious. The second sword wielder realized he was closer to Pandarius 
so he forgot about Soren and focused on the scholar. He advanced quickly and would have killed Pandarius had Soren not seen the approach. Soren hauled the unconscious assassin onto his back and hurled him at the sword wielder. This flying rag doll collided with his counterpart in a violent thud, and the two of them rolled along the ground in a tangle. Soren broke into a run and arrived at the second sword wielder before he could get up. As Soren was passing him to reach Pandarius, the assassin was able to struggle to his feet and sluggishly slashed out vertically at the Crimson Warrior. Soren turned with a blow and allowed it to whoosh past him and into the ground. The sword stuck in the cobblestones, and Soren used that leverage to force his foot into the flat side of the weapon, which caused it to snap with a resounding crack. The swordsman looked back at Soren with surprise, and Soren snapped a knee into his stomach that caused the assassin to buckle. Soren followed this with a powerful palm uppercut to the chin, and the winded swordsman rose into the air. Soren grabbed the assassin by the neck as he ascended, and reached down with his other hand to snatch the still vibrating broken end of the blade. Soren twirled it in his hand and looked back to the bowman across from him, who had almost finished reloading his weapon. Soren tossed the broken blade like a throwing knife, and it tumbled end over end and flashed in the light of the twin suns. It seemed to slow for the briefest moment before embedding itself into the crossbow, penetrating deep into the wood of the weapon and jamming the arming mechanism, causing it to not fire. Soren choked the second swordsman hard until he nearly passed out, then stood and dragged his body toward the remaining assassins whether with confidence or stupidity, and despite his opponent's obvious prowess, the spearman readied his weapon to attack Soren, but was not prepared for what happened next. With the groggy swordsman assassin's body trailing behind him, Soren bounced forward and then jumped high in the air in an amazing display of athletic prowess that caused the crowd to gasp the man he was holding started to struggle slightly as the effects of Soren's previous ferocious attack began to wear off. The spearmen began to run towards Soren. The crowd was struck with awe as Soren threw his semi-conscious cargo into the man with brutal results. The two bodies collided and fell in a tumbling mass of limbs and weapons. Soren landed on his feet and propelled himself toward the lead assassin, who was frantically trying to fix his crossbow. Soren was next to him in moments, and the assassin tried to hold up his weapon defensively, but Soren simply batted it out of the way, grabbed the man's head with one hand, cocked his other arm back, and smashed his elbow into the assassin's face in a wicked slam. It was like crushing a watermelon between two hammers and the assassin fell to the ground, unconscious. The grounded swordsmen tried to get out of their tangled mess, but were still too stunned to do anything spectacular. When he was done, Soren stood up and looked toward the third swordsman, who was the Kirin handler. He nodded expectantly at the Kirin and backed up so that he had his back to the still tangled assassins. 
the assassin obliged him by unhooking the Kirin that was straining against its leash. It snapped at Soren repeatedly with its beak mouth. As soon as the leash came off, it bounded towards Soren with great ferocity. Then Soren smiled and clapped his hands together. Come on! The Kirin leaped at him with its clawed front legs leading the way. The Crimson Warrior jumped up and met the charge with outstretched hands. And the last thing anyone saw before a large cloud of dust began to obscure the two from vision was Soren grasping the Kirin, one front paw in each hand. Every person watching gasped in horror, and some turned away. One spectator clapped Pandarius on the shoulder with sorrow. Well, looks like your friend is dead, boy. He was a brave soul. Right, but daft in the head. Pandarius was not so sure, though, and he stared into the dust cloud intently. After what he had seen, he was starting to get a few suspicions of his own about his new protector. Episode featured the voice talents of Herrick Erickson Briggle as the narrator and Pandarius Grayson, Stephen Daniel Moore as Soren Luna Mortalitas, Stephen Nagel as the intro narrator. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of A Scholar's Journey.